Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! You'd better get started because if you don't get the whole lawn done by sundown, you won't get the quarter I promised you. I'll be watching you so you don't think you could spend the whole time drinking and frittering away. Ow! Help! I'm being attacked by a hooligan! Help! Help! Drunken Zombies. Lousy for lawn work, great for podcasting. Log into drunkenzombiepodcast.com for all your horror podcasting needs. For the Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Alive. It's alive. It's alive. Hey everyone, welcome to Bone Bad, episode 2. This is Steve. And this is Gordon. Uh, this is, of course, a joint project of MightyWombat.com and BoneHand.com. And uh, we're here uh, this week, I think. Uh, you know what, Gordon? I'm in a Halloween mood. Are you Are you in a Halloween-y mood? I definitely uh, am. Right, right off the bat, we may as well get into, the, into what we talked about ahead of time. Last time we did a podcast, I listened to it, and frankly, we, we swear way way too much you think we swear too much yeah i do i when we're talking to each other for the benefit of other people i think we should tone down the language a bit i I think we come (laughs) off as crude morons and really we're just morons we're not that crude well it's funny you should mention about swearing because i actually did a little looking into this and uh we are pretty foul-mouthed as it turns out look into this sorry (laughs) uh just to do a quick rundown in uh, last week's episode or last month's episode we had uh, 22 fucks, 18 pisses, four shits, <laughs> one cock, one pussy, one bitch, and two asses. So uh, that, that's <laughs> that quite a rundown. Yeah, yeah, the two big asses. Um, and But uh, yeah, the interesting thing is, who do you think is the more foul-mouthed of the two of us? By far, I am the more foul-mouthed of the two of us. Uh, uh, it's because I, I press it all day. I don't swear around my children. I don't swear... Uh, really when I'm on the phone with clients and that's what I do all day is talk on the phone to clients and then I, I start talking to you and it all comes out in a, in a filthy torrent. <laughs> well, you, you are foul-mouthed indeed. Uh, you had 28 swears in the last podcast to my 22. So, uh, <laughs> I win. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are definitely the more foul-mouthed of the two of us. So, uh, Bravo. Congratulations on that. 
Thank you. Do I get some sort of merch for that? A medal? <laughs> Commemorative <Hey>. plaque? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I'll, I'll put get, that up. I'll get my shop on that immediately. You but. know, I don't think swearing is necessarily something that should be avoided altogether. I think it's one of those things if you use it in moderation or use it really creatively, it's very effective. But when you're just throwing out swear words and just because it gives your mouth something to do, it weakens the value of cursing. Yeah, but on the other hand, uh, swearing is the Tabasco of language. It gives uh, gives what you're working on a little extra spice. And judiciously placed, uh, it's uh, to good effect, I think. Yeah, right. But you don't want a whole, you know, you don't want a Tabasco enema. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Can we say enema? Is that a swear word? <laughs> I think that might be a swear word. Okay, so we're going to try this this episode and this episode alone <laughs> with, <laughs> yes. with no swearing. Right? That's, yeah. That's the idea. Is, that's what you're, like it hurt. you're postulating here. You're, you're, you're putting I, forth I some sort of challenge. I am postulating. Okay. And it, not postulating. Is, is there some sort of penalty if, if one of us does indeed swear? Uh, gosh, we should have thought about that ahead of time. <laughs> I guess if, if one of us swears, the other one has to give him head. <laughs> Again? God! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's only right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, does anyone? Do people understand we're doing this from hundreds of miles away from each other? I'm not even sure that, that you're that... up in Washington and I'm up in California. I mean, surely one of the three listeners to this might not be aware of that. that okay, that's that's good to know. But frankly, I don't really think anybody is listening, so it's not really much of an issue. Fine. Start. Are we started? So All anyway, right. I'm in a Halloween mood, Gord. I, I want to discuss Halloween. I Every time this splashed my eyeball with the, the cola that I'm drinking out of a bottle. You're trying to talk, and I'm, I sh- actually shot cola into my eye. I'm injured. <laughs> That's fairly impressive. Go on. I'm glad we're not on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we have a face for uh, the internet. <laughs> not even for radio. We have a face, for, a face for podcast. Anyway. Sorry, you're in a Halloween mood, and my eyeball's coming out. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, this time of year I always get in a Halloween mood. And it, it's interesting that uh, when when I think of our friendship, I pretty much think of horror. <laughs> horror? <laughs> yeah, horror. The, you know, okay. the, a lot of our relationship was kind of based on that. I mean, you were the, the guy who I knew whose family had a VCR before, you know, anybody else did. And so I would come over to your place in high school to watch movies like House and Friday the 13th. And, American World, uh, London. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, yeah. Do we see the gate? I think we saw the gate. I think we saw the gate together. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's yeah, like a ton of that, and there was your dad was a big Stephen King fan, so he always got the Stephen Kings before anybody else did, and then he you were always kind enough to kind of pass them around your group of friends after everybody read them. So it was always kind of cool to read the Stephen King hardcovers, you know, only a couple of months yep. after they come out. And that was kind of, you know, Both my due friends to your... got to read yeah. Stephen King. So, you know, when I think of you, I think of sheer, sheer terror and horror. I kind of think of you as, you know, <laughs> horror, bloody context too, but mainly it's because, you know, the way we met was I threw a, impaled you with a pencil. <laughs> no, it was the other it was like way around. Stuff. The, oh, that's right. You impaled me with a pencil. Yes, I just yes, remember I was, it was a pencil. I was pen. trying to throw a pen and hit someone else, and I hit you right square in the crotch. And uh, I was like, oh, dude, because I didn't know you. Oh, dude, geez, I'm sorry. And you're, I, no, that's what you I said. said. I said, no hard feelings, huh? And you go, on, not for a while anyway. And from there, 
<laughs> I love Friendship this guy. With porn. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> awesome. I can I can hang with this guy. So you may recall later on though in our friendship, I I took a stapler and actually stapled your your pants to your leg. I, I don't remember that. I remember being scraped with a tape dispenser quite violently. Too. Yeah, uh, yeah, big industrial tape tape gun for painting. I took yeah. I took your leg off with that too. <laughs> but then you yeah. were kind enough and, to to make me wear some kind of a poultice afterwards. It was like the most horrible, viscous stuff. It was basically yeah. like mastic, and I had to put... You're like, oh, put that... No, this stuff's great on your leg. And I, I think, <laughs> frankly, I think you were full of it. You were just trying to con me. It was like caulking. If it wasn't for that, you would have lost the leg. <laughs> I sincerely doubt that. I don't think that that's the case. Yeah, you would have. It would have been one of those horror movies. It would have been just this leg rotting off, and it probably would have become reanimated. Reanimated. Run that's it. Re- reanimated yeah. is good. Did we see? I don't think we saw Reanimator together. I think that was kind no. of college. That and From Beyond and those other uh, what's the name? Herschel Gordon Lewis movies. Those are some cool stuff. Yeah, we saw we saw those apart. Yeah. So uh, anyway, was so, it you that threw pen that stuck in my leg, or was that Vince? Uh, that I don't know. That must be Vince. God, I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, he threw a pen and it, it like from across the football field and it stuck through my jeans into my leg. It like impaled my leg. He didn't believe me and so I had him pull it out. He was he just about threw up when he felt the resistance of the pen trying to tug out of my leg. Your skin was actually like pulling away. No, it was you know when you get something stabbed into you, how yeah. you're you know, everything it swells like around sucking it, and, away like, from, grabs it. That's all yeah. yeah. You're lucky you didn't get out. lead poisoning. <laughs> pen poisoning. Graphite. You know, another bloody thing we went through, speaking of Vince, is when Vince ran and got, got he was running down a, a hill, full tilt boogie, and he, he crashed into a barbed wire fence. Like he was all stuck in the fence, and we had I wasn't, to take him off. I wasn't even, like, with you. We were, we Where were, were you? way ahead of you guys. And we're, so we're at the <laughs> bottom of the mountain, like, waiting 20 minutes for you, and all of a sudden you guys come down carrying Vince. And Vince is, like, bleeding profusely. All right, so you got to see the blood. You didn't get to yeah, take it Yeah, I, I sort of saw it, but I, I wasn't really involved. I, I can't take any sort of credit. Okay, I'm sorry. You know what? You really want to talk about Halloween movies. Let's let's talk about Halloween. I promise I'll stop talking about Vince and, and him bleeding and <laughs> bloody legs. Okay. Reanimated legs hopping around, kicking people in the... I almost, I almost said a swear word <laughs> in the booty. <laughs> you see, it's, uh, it's almost inevitable. So, dude, Halloween. Halloween is just, uh, I kind of groove on it. I'm enjoying getting the kids kitted out for it uh, this year. You know, Al, this is the first year that my daughter is kind of getting into the more of the spooky aspects of things rather than the, you know, just kind of going as a princess or whatever, you know. Go she's ahead. not going to be a princess, glitter fairy, unicorn queen this year? No, she's going to be a vampire. And it was like, totally, I had nothing to do with it. She, uh came upon it herself. I think that's pretty sweet. I was a vampire at least twice when I was little, so uh, I have a, a warm spot in oh, my heart for that particular... That's a good costume for you, because, you know, you pretty much suck. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> so what did you go as in your youth? What was your, your preferred Halloween costume? You know, I, I did the vampire thing, too. I don't know. I had the dark hair... Just like you, you know, mm-hmm. coming back, boom, put some Dracula teeth in. You're Dracula. Yeah, I did have this. I had this awesome costume when I was a really little kid, though. It was a plastic suit of armor, 
and my mom bought it for me, and and it was one of those one of those things a parrot says, and she probably can't believe it actually worked. But this costume was so expensive that she said, "If I buy this for you, it'll be your Halloween costume this year and next year too." <laughs> okay, as a parent, you know that's never gonna work. And I swear, I wore that two Halloweens in a row. But, but it was it was like a plastic chest plate, and then there were like the the greaves that kind of came down. So it wasn't a full-on plate mail armor. So as I, you know, a year of growth, I could still fit into it. And I had a big plastic sword and scabbard and helmet that was too big for me, like the first Halloween and too small the second Halloween. So is this like that an English cool knight or like a centurion type of a thing? Yeah, like an English knight. Oh, okay. Actually, it was more like a Spanish knight now that I think about it. Oh. A conquistador. <laughs> El Cid. Yes. I felt like going out and oppressing South America when I wore it. <laughs> the whole continent. So so when the and of course though when you were wearing this suit of armor, you were had it strapped on over a parka, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> yeah, that was my my mom did the same. Uh I, one year I went as a robot and it was like this cardboard box that we had painstakingly covered with tin foil. And painted buttons on and stuff, and it was pretty sweet, but it kind of screwed up the whole image of it, having my green goose-down uh, arms sticking out of the sides of the box. And then one, <laughs> And there's nothing like, see, you know, a mummy that's wrapped around a parka, because, you know, it kind of, you end up looking like the Michelin Man. It's it's not really <laughs> the, the, the fear-inducing image that you, you would hope for. Yeah. Down here, we're in a bit of a pickle. See, I almost said another... Another swear word there, but I didn't. Because you don't know what the temperature is going to be on Halloween. Like today, just a couple of days before Halloween, it was probably 80 degrees. But on Halloween, it could very easily be like 40 degrees with a 30-mile-an-hour wind. Or it might be 80 degrees. You just don't know. And so the kids' costumes are tough. <laughs> this is, I gotta, guess You have to have even layers. I guess this is one of the few times that, that Seattle is preferable in the weather department because you know that it's always going to be cold and or rainy. That's right. So you just kind of prepare for it. So so uh, do you guys have a scary house in your neighborhood? Our neighborhood is, is really only just now starting to attract uh, the, young, the younger set. Last year, our next-door neighbors set up a, a spooky house, but this year they all moved to Romania, so I don't know what's going to happen. First year we moved here, we were the only people on the whole street, I think, that were under 85 years old. <laughs> but now there are more kids and stuff, so we'll see. There's, there's no haunted house. I mean, I'm in suburbia down here. All these houses were built in 1975, and they are stucco. <laughs> yeah. It's not like where we grew up where there was the big you know, Victorian houses with towers and iron fences. I mean, geez. Bacon's house, the fence around it came from a graveyard. For real, a graveyard fence. How cool is that? That is pretty cool. Uh, here, there's a guy down the street who is a software designer, and uh, he also does, like, as a hobby, like creature design. And so each year, oh, the geez. guy hauls out, like, this, you know, full on latex mummy and this creepy, bloody ghost thing that hangs from the rafters at his house. And he's got, yeah. he, he buries stakes in the yard that look like tombstones. It's totally sweet. And I just dig, you know, taking the kids. I always make a point of, because Julie will split up. You know, okay, you take the kids that way, and then when you come back, I'll take the kids this way, and I'll get to go to the spooky house, because it's freaking sweet. <laughs> I really dig it. That, that was always most, I remember uh, as a kid, 
there was this one lady who always like you know had a grave on her front lawn and and she dressed up like a witch and i remember like being seven or eight years old and being just scared out of my wits to go up to there up to the front and you know an older friend that was with us i think was saying oh dude you know i think she ate a kid last year (laughs) (laughs) and you're you're totally buying it you know you're just oh god (laughs) am i gonna survive this you know and you go up there and you get your candy and it was fine but uh it's pretty, pretty sweet. So I, I kind of dig the fact that, that my kids also have a spooky house in the neighborhood to, that they can they can check out. I remember getting scared trick-or-treating once, just scared so bad. I, I cried. I'm, it, I must have been a really little kid. But I just remember you, they opened the door, and there was no one there because they were behind the door opening. So the door just flew open, and this spider dropped down from the... <laughs> above the door probably a thing the size of like a ping pong ball and and when they opened the door and the spider dropped they screamed and as a little kid that just <laughs> absolutely blew my mind i screamed and i ran back to my dad and i cried i was just i was probably like five that's awesome though <laughs> <laughs> and people probably felt bad too <laughs> probably Jeez, yeah I, I can imagine that a little guy just losing his mind over something like that. And, and, you know, you're you're walking out. You're probably already wired on candy. You're up past your bedtime. You're not in an emotional state to really handle anything. And then a big effing spider drops out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the only time I remember being really scared at Halloween, though. <laughs> oh, well, except for the time when the cops were chasing you because you had been toilet papering a teacher's house. <laughs> Were you, were you really that scared then? No, I knew I could always outrun the cops. <laughs> that was years later, though. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, well, you know, uh, while we're on the subject of Halloween, though, there there is a couple of things that really tick me off about Halloween. Oh, tick you off. Tick Perfect. me off. As opposed to, you know, since we're trying yeah, to avoid the, the whole swearing. We're not going to say <laughs> But one thing, one thing I really, really despise about Halloween, or not even despise, but just annoys me to no end, is like the the costumeless teenagers who show up grubbing on my candy. You know, you're, you're sitting there and you're you're taking trick or treaters, and you got all the cute little kids, and then you have these guys who you know don't even bother wearing anything really or putting on much of an effort, and coming up with like a, a freaking pillowcase and, and say, "Oh, trick or treat, where's my candy?" I kind of want to say yeah, that. I used to, I used to really detest those freeloaders, but I don't I don't mind them so much anymore. I'd look at it as a, an opportunity, a public relations opportunity with the potential criminals of the neighborhood. That they come to my door and I'm like, hey, yeah, right on. Here's some free candy. I'm, I try to be the cool guy. So when later on they're all you, you know, like throw a butter out on Jack Daniels and and crappy Mexican weed they'll they'll think about a house to vandalize they go well not that one guy he gave us candy he was cool yeah you, you're that's, that's that pretty that cool the way you you know guy. you give each of them a beer and one of them gets a butterfly <laughs> knife <laughs> <laughs> dude you're you're truly a, truly a freaking mensch <laughs> i'm looking out for myself okay did, did you just throw an that's f word in there by the way i thought i heard no, an f word i, I think you might myself. have oh okay I'm watching well, you. you go back on, I'm keeping an eye on you. <laughs> I hope I don't have to give you a head. I hope not, too. <laughs> I'm not going to visit. You, you use way too much teeth. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. You just hold still and let me do the job. 
Anyway. Uh, delete all that. Uh, <laughs> good job. <laughs> That's staying in. Boy, is that staying in. <laughs> I'm putting that on my answering machine message. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Anyway, another thing, Fine, you know, it's not so much Halloween thing, but I've been going to quite a few horror movies lately. And and it seems like these days, uh, most horror movies don't really make an effort to sustain any sort of like growing fear like you would have from a movie like Alien, where it was just like this building tension for an hour and a half or you're, ah, you know, losing your mind. And now everything is just like uh, pop something out at you and turn up the volume real loud. So you jump. But you aren't really scared so much as startled. Yeah, you know, there's, it's there's just this sort of, uh, I don't know, mediocre movie manipulation that goes on. That, that uh, it just it doesn't quite do it for me. That I, I, It kind of makes me long for a day where, you know, the movies were just a little more, you know, tense and building over a long period of time rather than, okay, the money shot. Well, you were know? they? I mean, there were obviously were ones like Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one that did that, and like uh, Alien and and aliens aliens that, to that, to, to like the build. third power yeah but the, by the, that was exponentially more <laughs> frightening every second that was eventually just you're sitting in the chair pooping yourself because you've lost all bodily but that was and, that was maybe like the the start of horror suspense really that, that was almost a different animal altogether there in one that you, you yeah. don't see a lot these days really anything that's that's that tense for a long period I mean, when I think of like a tense movie, like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was a movie that like the, the I remember the, the tank scene being just grueling at the end of that. You were like, holy God, <laughs> <laughs> how did he get through that? I was like physically exhausted. That was yeah. And, and Aliens was the same way, you know, after two and a half hours of, of being chased down by like just unstoppable critters, you know, you're just kind of, huh? I need a smoke. Yeah, but that was also back in the day when there were movies that were just pop-out schlock, like Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or all the sequels to Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Speak- I think it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. To yeah. make a movie that, were the, you, you maintain the suspense. Like 28 Days Later, I think, did a great job of that. And I thought the movie, that movie about, what was the... The room number, the the haunted hotel room that just oh, came out like with John. Four oh eight or fourteen oh eight. Thirteen oh eight or something. Yes. That I thought that did a really good job of just building and building, and then there were moments where where you were really scared, but you never it really never let you go. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check that one out because, like I told you, that despite the fact that it's Stephen King, um, my kind of take on the whole haunted house thing is that it just doesn't really scare me. I, I don't find it a very threatening sort of a movie thing. I'd rather go see zombies or vampires or whatever else, rather than you know, ghost stories don't scare me. Although, what about Amityville Horror? Did that scare you? No, it was just kind of yeah. I don't know. Lame. All right. In house was fun, but that it wasn't. Like it wasn't like yeah. It, it didn't mess me up bad. So I, I don't yeah. know, but uh, I'll, I will definitely check it out on your re- uh, recommendation. You know, another thing uh, about movie manipulation that kind of cheeses me off, uh, no pun intended, uh, was uh, I saw Ratatouille a couple weeks ago. I took the kids. And uh, speaking of movie manipulation, so we're watching the scene, and you know you've seen it. There's a scene where this, uh, this food critic comes to taste the food at this restaurant that is prepared by this rat. And uh, the, the rat uh, chef... Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, prepares ratatouille. I'll, I'll put it on the page. Anyway, so this rat 
prepares this ratatouille. It's his finest dish for this uh, food critic. The food critic tastes it, and there's like this this shot of him like going immediately back to his childhood in this moment where he's outside of the house and he has a skinned knee and he's crying and his mom gives him a bite of this food and I just felt myself immediately get choked up and tears in my eyes I'm a grown man and I freaking got you know I got pwned by Pixar is what happened they just like (laughs) totally played with my emotion and I gotta give him props for it and Brad Bird I think is awesome at that he did it with uh, Iron Giant and uh some other movies, but I just sit there like, I'm going, ah. <laughs> you know, like wiping my face and looking at the kids. Like, I could not believe that I got so totally manipulated by by a scene in a movie like that. So that's, that kind why, of, uh, that's why they show up in the dark so no one can see you crying at, uh, at Bambi. Yeah, like a like a big wolf. So uh, that cheeses you off that they, they did the, their job so very well that it affected you like that? Well, yeah, I, I guess. It, you know, you go to a kid's movie, but to, to get, like, you know, brought to that level of emotion in, in a quick second, <laughs> it kind of makes you feel like, See, I, it, you I, know, like I've been manipulated. That's all. Well, it, I'd feel like I was manipulated if after seeing that and feeling that way, all of a sudden they threw up an ad on the screen for Pixar brand Ratatouille in your stores now. <laughs> But just to tell a story and do the job like that, I love that. Well, the, I, I, I do hate. I respect it. Movies, I, I, don't get me wrong. I respect it, and and I liked the film. That that to me made the film go from like just an okay film to a really good film. But it's still, you know, being had like that, I kind of feel. Oh, you got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you. Mean. <laughs> so anyway, right. speaking of rats. Rats. What? I can't do the clutch song. <laughs> Running over the dishes. I I can't do it. Rats. You want to talk about rats? What? Oh, yeah. Rats. You called me the other day. I'm talking on the phone. And there's a rat by my pool. I, obviously, you called me and I'm talking on the phone to you. There's a rat just sitting there by my pool. So I took out the pool net. Rat's still sitting there. And I put the net over the rat. I actually managed to slam the net down. It, it got it over the guy. And then, but it's, you know, it, it's, literally a 10-foot pole with a net on the end. And by the time I got from the end of the pole I was holding to the end of the pole that had a net with a rat in it, the rat managed to squirm its way out from under the net and escape into the hedge. And this is not the first time I've had to deal with rats in my uh, in my backyard. <clears throat> Excuse me, i got a rat in my throat. So... Anyway, you know, I, I didn't think much about it afterwards. I just thought, ah, oh, I almost got the rat. The next day, I go out to clean the uh, the skimmer on the pool, and I pop the lid off and reach down to grab the basket and pull it up, and inside is this dead rat. Just absolutely not what you want to see at the end of your arm when you're half awake cleaning out your pool skimmer. It was just rude. <laughs> I've had it. A number of encounters with rats, though, here, because we've got these hedges that are all around, and there's sort of a double fence between our house and the, the other house, and there's a, a DMZ rat land in between. My cat's caught some. You know, there was that time, probably read about it on my blog, where my wife encountered one in the, the trash can area. Started taking swats at it with a rake in this little tiny phone booth of an area. <laughs> There was another one. I I was trimming the hedges, and there was a rat. It was like crawled up on the top of a 
a chair or a trash can or something. It was looking right at me, and I went at it with the hedge clippers, like those those big scissor clippers. And uh, unfortunately, I had the, the really crappy bow ones we have, and so I, I lunged at it, and I, I got it, but it, instead of, like, decapitating it or whatever, it it slipped out from between the blades, bruised and angered, but it managed to escape. <laughs> and so it, like, flipped you yeah. off, and then... It turned around. Yeah, hey, puto! <laughs> oh, can I swear in Spanish? Is that okay? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Anyway, yeah, I, I had an instance where uh, we, we had a couple. When we first moved in the house, there was uh, rats were getting under, like, our sink. And it took me until I figured out how to, you know, plug off the house and get rid of them. Uh, but I, I caught one I had to take out back, and it was, like, in a, ha- in the, in a trap. And I like had to drop it out of the trap and, and beat it to death with a baseball bat, like my uh, <laughs> my Al Capone moment by the side of the house. It was pretty gruesome. Did you give it a lecture about teamwork first? <laughs> I did. It was pretty. Good. No, it was it was wholly unpleasant. <laughs> it was an so absolutely wait, th- ugly scene. It was like you know how it, when you'll have a dream that like you know you, you somehow have to get in some sort of a, a violent situation, like a fight or something like that, and. Um, you, you know, you, you can't land the punch. Like somebody's coming at you, yeah. you try to punch at him. It's like punching through water and you can't hit them. This is exactly what it was like. Every time I would swing the bat, the rat would move. And, it, you know, it was like <laughs> scurrying, going back and forth. And it took me several. Sh- it was like the ugliest kill you'd ever seen. So, of all yeah. the possible ways to dispose of this rat, what made you pick the baseball bat? <laughs> That's what I had at hand. I had to get it out of the house fast because the kids were around, and it was still alive, and so. But it was stuck in the trap, so you you like grabbed the trap and you took it out. Yeah. What what about just stomping on it? I've disposed of a few rats that way. Like yeah, when I, I, in a I, I don't know. I, I I may have actually been barefoot because it was first thing in the morning. Oh. So yeah, that'd be bad. So it was like you know, get it out of the house, deal with it as quickly as possible, and so it was kind of just the expedient thing. Ah, oh, baseball bat. So, anyway, <laughs> ugly freaking scene. And uh, uh, we'd catch him in those those sticky traps they'd always put out, and we'd have to take you know dispose of them, and they're always alive in a yeah, sticky sure. trap, like glued to the cardboard. And we, you know, you'd have to throw it down on the ground in the trash can area and stomp on it, and then toss it in the dumpster. That that was efficient, probably a lot more efficient than say old baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> but but still, it's dang, tough way to go. Yeah, I had to do one in with a shovel once. That was that was pretty grisly. You take a flat nose shovel though and just just use the blade of it, and that was that. Yeah. That was fully disgusting. I'm glad we're talking about this. We can anticipate <laughs> a protest letter from PETA. I'm sure. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's kind of hard to get. You know, rats are filthy creatures. It's kind of hard to get behind them, as you know. Yeah, they do carry disease. Yeah, they're they're a freaking disease vector, of course. So I'd like to hear from especially with children around. No, no, do not. I do not want to get any emails. (laughs) Okay, delete, delete, delete. Got to be kidding me. Anyway, there's some real life horror to round out our Halloween podcast. What do you think? Yeah, thank you, thank you for that. Now I feel fully disturbed. (laughs) Sweet. Now you'll be able to podcast by pouring cola in my eyeball, and now I got visuals of rat guts to take me through the rest of the evening oh, it's always a pleasure yeah, you can always tug one out to that that's always a good deal <laughs> <laughs> all righty so anyway thanks everyone uh this is steve and i'm gord uh, happy fucking halloween
Yeah, you can always tug one out to that. That's always a good deal. <laughs> oh my God. Look at that guy. Is he actually shambling? He looks like one of those Romero types. Who understands George Romero anyway? And what's up with those ratty clothes? Who leaves the house like that? His skin is all gray. And what's wrong with his eye? It's just dangling. And that funky smell. I mean, it's gross. He's just so dead. I like big brains and I cannot lie. Those other zombies can't deny. When a girl walks in with a big chapeau and an IQ of 80 or more, I get sprung. I want to roll up quick and break me off a taste of that wit. I'm shambling like a tortoise, cause your head gives me rigor mortis. Baby, I want to get with ya, and you'll ask who bit ya. My zombies try to warn me, but those brains you got make me so hungry. Hmm. So read or do Sudoku, but please don't lose those brains. Some brothers roll away quick, as soon as the honey gets sick. They ain't got the heart to tell them, so I'm scoping out fat cerebellum. Cause I don't care if they're skinny or fat, they gotta pack much hat. So if your girl's intelligent, you better ask her where her helmet went. Cause if I get her home, it's home, double up, home, home. I'm dead, but I'm getting fatter from macking on that gray matter. So zombies, zombies, has your girlfriend got some brains? Tell her bring it, bring it, bring that thinking thing. Baby got brains. Baby got brains. Baby got brains. Baby got brains. Bone hand and MOZ. 2009. I'm out, bitches. <laughs>